Hello, my name is David Jagno. I'm your host here at the VR Download from Upload VR on YouTube. And we're here to talk to you about all the latest in VR gaming news and uh, what we've been playing, our reviews, different topics like that. We're going to have a good, grand old time. I'm joined by my co-host and friend in the metaverse, Mr. Jamie Feltham. Good Friday to you, David. Good Friday. Yes, yes. I hope you have a, a wonderful end of February. Oh, it's taken too long. But I'm glad it's here. <laughs> I'm glad it's here. Yeah. Just this hell month. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we have uh, March coming up, which um, is, is exciting. We have some news we can talk about for what's coming in March for PSVR mm. owners. Um, mm. But first, I want to thank all of you. But specifically, Dominique Frutchman, John Westra, B.R. Shaw, Timmy Brown, Adam Hartzell, and Andy Lim. Because all of you are members here on our YouTube channel. You pay a monthly fee to get a badge next to your name, emotes in chat, and for me to say it at the beginning of the show because I love you that much. And I want all of you to know that you're beautiful. That's that's the important message for today's show. You um, are if you're the not reason. a member, you are you're the still reason incredibly good looking, but you're not beautiful. <laughs> I was just saying you were the reason my house has electricity. Thank you very much for that. I enjoy electricity. It's good. Did you finally get furniture? Uh, I have some furniture now, yes. I have some things to sit on. I have a chair that I'm on right now, believe it or not. It swings, which is why I assume my avatars. It's a little red chair right there. Oh, yeah, not that one. An RL one. Hello, Cheeseburger. Good to see you. Good to see you as always. Hey, Ryan. Good to see you. You haven't played anything this week. Uh, but last Saturday, I tried out Facebook Horizon. Oh, you're in the beta for that, are you, Ryan? Well, good for you. I haven't played Horizon since, what, like August when they uh, when they let us see it for yeah. about 10 minutes. That was a, that was a <laughs> long time ago. Yeah, what's I'm, happening uh, there, eh? Yeah. I mean, they're doing like an interview series on their blog, which is weird. Because it's like this whole creator spotlight series of interviews. And um, it's just like, it's such a weird concept because they're spotlighting all these creators that they've invited to use their app that no one can try. So it's just Mm -hmm. kind of a weird, I don't know. There was something about the reaction to it that I think, I think they're very desperate to make sure they don't have a spaces situation on their hand again, right? And yeah, so they're just kind of... Like we weren't like singing its praises when we we saw it. We were like, it's cool, but we've kind of seen this app before in other places. I think maybe they're evaluating and saying, okay, how do we make sure this makes a big uh, impact when it does finally launch? Like those avatars, though, would like to uh, yeah. finally use those. That'd be very cool and make some ramen. Yeah. I, I think um, I think I would likely spend some time in it. I'm I'm just curious to see what it'll be like when it comes out. Yeah. yeah, I think of I think of all the like apps. They're like I mean, it's meant to be like venues is one of the apps that they use uh, these avatars with, and you know they're rebooting that, and that's in early beta as well. And then Horizon, uh-huh. and then you have to assume there's other things. This the the making stuff part of the whole Facebook social online VR experience. That's probably not what I'm going to be doing in social vr like i think it's really really cool i don't know yeah. if i'd use those this the set of tools here to to make stuff if i wanted to so we'll talk about what we've been playing um the, the over this past week and for me the main thing in my review just went up this morning on uploadvr.com uh that's awake n those are three words a wake n kind of a weird name 
Um, you play as this mannequin robot creature thing that's trapped in a wheelchair. Like you can't get out of it. And um, you have to explore the Silver Inn Hotel. It's a really creepy setting. Um, but I think the most notable thing about this game is how immersive it is and how interactive it is. Um, just in terms of the way you move through the world where you can actually roll the wheels of the wheelchair with your hands. Um, the inventory is controlled by a little box in your lap that's like a Resident Evil where it has sort of like a Tetris-style inventory management. Um, mm-hmm. Like all the little puzzles and everything are very interactive. The main menu is like, you know, there are basically no floating rectangle menu boxes in the game, which is really nice because most VR games, I feel like, get lazy and they just kind of turn your hand into a laser pointer for a menu. And this doesn't really do that at all. Um, so I loved all those aspects of it. It's very atmospheric, very creepy setting. Um, but the actual gameplay itself kind of falls apart an hour or two in uh, because it starts to give you weapons and um, it just kind of mm. throws enemies at you. It stops being about like tense, creepy, you know, like horror tension building and it just becomes sort of a game where you just have to, you know, beat to death these robots and then move on <laughs> to the next area. And it's just, I don't know. I feel like they lost sight of what, of what was working it's it, or maybe they had like check boxes they wanted to fill or um, they padded it with, you know, kind of mindless combat sections. And I don't know. I think if the game had been half as long, but didn't have any combat at all, it probably would have been better. Um, it's yeah, it's pretty good. That, I, I liked it. I gave it a three out of five, but it has some problems. That's like, I only played maybe the first like opening half hour uh, when I did my preview. And that was kind of the vibe I was getting. I'd be interested to know um, what you thought about, like, did did all the movement systems and everything wear out their welcome as you played? Because for me, this this is a game that's very comparable to Phantom in that you have this kind of weird man-powered uh, uh-huh. mode of getting ar- around the world that no one else has ever done in a VR game. That's what I mean by weird. Um, yeah. And in Phantom, they have, like, these big, long rivers that are very wide allow you to like turn maybe you're not great at it but you'll probably get around the corner and everything here the the spaces are way tighter and yeah it's it's one of those hard things because that moving around in a wheelchair just wheeling the wheels is not an easy thing to do especially if you haven't had any practice at it right yeah so it definitely takes getting used to even in real life yeah so it's one of those things where, yeah, that's an that's an accurate thing. You have portrayed the VR, uh, the real world, very, very accurately there, and that's incredible. But at the same time, does that make it fun? Does that make it something you want to do in VR? And I, that's not a question I answered just playing half an hour of it. But I'd like to know what you you think of that. Yeah, I, w- I would say no. I mean, they they have alternate movement methods. There's like the little joystick method that makes the chair kind of like an electric chair and moves around. And you can also teleport if you, you know, have uh, sickness concerns. Uh, So they have a lot of options there. Um, But, you know, sacrificing the immersion for ease of control, to me, kind of removed the main appeal of the game because it's so grounded in its interactivity that um, using a smooth movement with the joystick just sort of kind of sucked the soul out of it. And so what I, I actually played it mostly using the actual wheel movement with my hands. And um, the biggest thing, like you said, is those like tight corners and small hallways. 
Um, it's just so difficult to turn and to move accurately. And I think maybe that's part of the reason they defaulted to a more combat heavy approach later on is because mm. creeping and stealthing and running away from enemies was too finicky, maybe with their control scheme. Yeah. It wasn't working well. And um, so maybe they just decided to let you just hit stuff with hatchets and, um, you know, so I can, I can kind of understand that, but I think ultimately it would have been better off if they had doubled down on finding ways to make it um, compelling to always be like maneuvering in the wheelchair. I think that there was a lot of untapped potential and um, some of the ways they could have used that. And uh, maybe the setting was restrictive too, you know, just like a hotel is, um, you know, not the most wheelchair accessible environment, I would say probably. And, um, yeah, I mean, I'm excited to see what they work on next because I think if they carry this mindset forward of, you know, interaction and immersion first, I think that's the right way to make VR games. And so I'm excited to see what they do next. Yeah, it reminds me of, do you remember that um, VR game from a couple of years ago? I, I, I can't remember what it was, but you played as a blind person. I think the name might have been, even been Blind. I can't remember yeah, what it was, a, but you it, had a walking stick that you would tap yeah, to create sound waves. Yeah, it used echolocation, right? Uh-huh, and yeah. I re- I reviewed that game back then, and that was again one of those things where it's like they've actually like realized this really really well. Like you use the cane, and you can accurately like bring the world around you to life. And it was a really really interesting mechanic. But then in in the case of that, they then built a puzzle game around like finding bits in the environment that were really really hard to find and it was just really really frustrating and there's this it's just weird to have these games that like realize do what they set out to do so well but it's what they're setting out to do is of such a hindrance to the player that it actually makes it a very frustrating game and obviously you know as like a slice of life putting yourself in someone else's shoes that's incredible but as an enjoyable game it makes it a strange kind of conflicting thing to get through i think yeah, one of the examples that I was thinking of while I was playing this is, or like to your point, you know, where whenever you approach a game like this, the question is, you know, is it fun? You know, I think that's usually the first question most people have when they look at a game. But whenever it comes to VR, another question that's almost just as important or sometimes just as important is, is it immersive? You know, mm-hmm. like, because you can yeah. have a game that's fun. But if I'm just sitting there moving my joysticks and pushing buttons and pulling triggers and I'm just aiming a little bit with my hands, that's not really that immersive. And so that can ruin the fun. And so I think a game like this, they were leaning on their immersive interactivity as being the vehicle for the fun. And it's just unfortunate sometimes it got in the way. Like a game like Boneworks, I feel like doubles down on the physics so much that it leads to more fun and more situations for fun because of how they designed the game around the physics. Whereas this one, it's almost like the game world itself and the puzzles and the exploration. You could have had all that with just a flat screen walking simulator. And then the design elements were kind of tacked on top of that in a way. Mm. Yeah. Cool. Well, yeah, I I hope to see more from them. I do, I do think for them, it's a promising, uh, the developers called VR bros, which is a hell of a name. Um, yeah, it's a <laughs> when I heard start. that name, I, I, the first game that they would make, I would think would be like Beer Pong VR or something like that. Like, I wasn't <laughs> yeah. expecting a wake in. So, yeah, so kudos to them, them for uh, subverting expectations. There you go. And uh, on, the guys. next game on our list here is, I don't know how to pronounce it. How do you say that? Well, I've been saying now the lost eye. 
Um, I was going to say Na'au. Na'au. I don't think that's accurate. (laughs) It does sound better, (laughs) though. I haven't actually um I haven't actually played this yet but it came out yesterday and I do want to talk about it because I think um okay, it cool. looks we featured it at the uh, upload VR showcase last last year and it looks really really cool it's like a fantasy adventure game um out in early access today I believe and like it's it's just one of those things where there's a trailer for it out there and okay yeah here's here's the trailer everything we're seeing in different bits of this trailer looks very well considered for vr so there you're fighting these kind of leaf creatures and you have a boomerang as a weapon and that looks very intuitive as like a uh a throwing mechanic almost kind of zelda inspired and then you've got some other kind of magic stuff going on you've got of course bow and arrow combat which you know is a a standard um but it kind of to me this this game looks a little zelda-ish um which is, you know, which is good for I'm, me. I'm, I'm into that. Yeah. So I, I, I just wanted to mention it quickly because it's out. But I want to go back and see if I can find time to play it this weekend. There's some kind of boneworks stuff going on there with the physics. Um, I mean, what I've mainly been playing uh, this week, actually today, is uh, Crashlander. Oh, Crashland. I think it's called. Uh, I think, which I think is it's out plural. The... Crashlands. Oh, okay. It could be a, it could be a multitude of different it's, types it's of one crashing of and landing. Yes, um, and I've been playing that on the quest, which uh, it came out yesterday. I played uh, about like I probably played about two and a half hours today, and I got to say I was hella addicted to this. It's uh, as the name suggests, you crash land on a planet every level, and basically you have a timer counting down until you, you're going to be rescued, saved, and in that time you just need to fight off. Uh, incoming hordes of aliens but there's some really cool ideas so as you're seeing in the trailer now on the screen that you have this kind of like motion scanner very kind of aliens uh vibes uh all the enemies moving towards you and then you have a pistol in your right hand and you have like a uh special weapon in your left hand that only has like a, a limited time amount of use and you just have to survive for anywhere between 10 to 5 minutes in these different levels but the enemy types are really really creepy um, there's a lot of enemy variety and there's, there's almost a kind of, uh, resident evil Four like vibe to it in that all the enemies have very like structured, uh, definitive combat attacks. They have different kinds of sounds that signal when they're going to be oh, around okay. in the level. And so there's, so I, I there's mean, enemy variety, not only in terms of how they look, but they actually have their own attack patterns and uh, like stuff like that. Yeah, for sure. Like you would a game like this, you would just assume that they would make like three or four different types of enemies and they would just run at you and that's it. And that's what right. some of them do. But then see this big spider dude here, he shoots out like this this line that if it if he tags you with it, you can't move until you've like fought fought him off. So you kind uh. of know like if you've got a variety of enemies coming at you, you're aware that he's there and you know you have to either keep distance so he can't fire that line, or you have to like use a grenade to make him run off a little bit. Um so there's, you know, there's a good amount of structure and layer to it. And the combat is really, really thrilling and really, really addictive. I mean, there's about, I think there's like 20 levels in the game or so. I'm, I'm about five levels in so far. There's a, there's a good progression system. So every time you kill an enemy, you get experience. Um, and then you can go back to the menu, earn perks for like more weapon damage or more health, those kinds of things. So if you're struggling with a level, you can kind of keep 
grinding away at it and eventually you'll you know have enough power-ups to probably do it with that said it is really 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 tough even on the uh normal difficulty i was really really struggling with it um and the leveling system moves a little slowly but having said all that i'm i'm gonna go back into it as soon as we're finished here i was having a lot of fun with it um and i will be aiming to review it uh next week i think and it's yeah that's really cool i'm yeah Definitely want to so keep do, do you know much about the about the background of the game? Because it was originally like a tech demo back in the like Oculus Share days, right? Yeah, that's. I mean, that's basically all I know about it actually right now. I haven't read into it too much. Okay. Other than that, like it's. I, I know that Quest is the only platform it's on now. Like it, it's not available on Steam VR or anything. I don't think. So that's that's cool to see it come back alive. Because when you hear that it's an older VR game, you kind of think, okay, well that probably means it's going to be a very yeah. simplistic wave shooter right and it is a wave shooter and it is pretty simplistic but it has like the structure in place to like take it further and actually be a very addictive and engaging game yeah yeah and i mean i think you know at, back whenever vr was first coming out 2016 it you know there were so many wave shooters and so i think that genre label got kind of a bad rap but mm-hmm. you know you can make a wave shooter that is compelling and fun and it can still just be a wave shooter, you know, like it, you know, yeah, sure. Crashland is clearly a wave shooter, but that has other elements on top of it and the enemy designs and the, the way the weapons feel and the, you know, just the visual polish and all those, all those elements go towards making it feel like more than just a wave shooter. Like another good example is Space Pirate Trainer. You know, that's a really, really good wave shooter. It's still just a wave shooter, but it's so good that it kind of transcends the, you know, relatively simplistic genre that it's in. Yeah, or um, Blade and Sorcery, right? Like Blade and Sor- fair enough, it's not a shooter, but it's just the tech. <laughs> the tech in that game is so strong that all you need is yes, enemies yes. running at you to uh, to keep you entertained right the way through, right? Yeah, Blade and Sorcery is by far one of my favorite VR games. I man, I got to stream that again because that's such a fun game to play. We need to, there's a lot of mods to, I haven't tried. We need to look at our best PC list and and find a spot for it. Well, that's that's definitely one of the omissions we've made over the past few years that I think we need to uh, address when we come to doing the spring update. Yeah, we, we used to be very hesitant to put early access stuff on there, especially since it's been in early access for so long. But yeah, I, think, um, I think there's enough meat on the bones, uh, pun intended, I guess, mm-hmm. that it's, uh, it's worth an inclusion for sure. And uh, hello, cool. Mike Ward. How's it going? Yo, Mike. Good to see ya. And the last game we're going to talk about, or actually there's two more games I want to talk about for what we've been playing. First is a game I haven't played yet since it came out, but Hyper Dash is out on Quest. Mm. Uh, it just came out yesterday. It's a competitive shooter, a very fast-paced, um, kind of a sci-fi aesthetic with some sort of like bright primary colors. It kind of reminds me of like if you mixed the old PSVR game Rigs with more of like a standard shooter kind of in a way. And uh, mm-hmm. it's an indie game that came from SideQuest. So this game was an alpha for a long time on SideQuest. And it is now officially on the Quest store. I think it's one of the best success stories SideQuest has had so far. Um, so it's it's very popular. A lot of people enjoy this game. We got, I want to say, close to 200,000 downloads on SideQuest, which is just a ton for a game that yeah. had to be sideloaded and people had to jump through so many hoops to play it. Um, but it's $20 out on Quest now. Um, you can, if you're watching on YouTube, you can see the footage here. It's uh, very slick, very smooth. Um, it, you know, visually, it looks great. And 
uh, yeah, so this is a new shooter that's out. And I haven't had a chance to play it yet since it came out officially. I used to have trouble finding matches on side quests. I don't know if it was just the time mm-hmm. of day I was trying to play or or what the case was, but you know, as is the case with anything on side quests, it's it's a little difficult because unless someone manually goes in and updates their game, they're not gonna be in the same version and then you have to, you know, coordinate all that and uh, but now that it's on the main store, I think a lot more people are gonna find it and play it. It's uh you know, only twenty bucks, good price. And um it's it's got a lot of uh, a lot of nuance to it. There's a lot of you know strategy in terms of how you play it. It's a solid shooter. Uh, we'll probably be doing a review of that as well once we get some more time with it. And um, the next one is another shooter. Uh, this one is not a brand new game. It is a big update for an existing game. That is Population 1. Got its Season Ooh. 1 update, which is dubbed Uprising. Um, if you've ever played a Battle Royale game, you have a pretty good idea of what this update adds. If you've ever played... <laughs> Fortnite, Warzone, PUBG, um, if you ever played Dauntless, Apex Legends, any any of those live service games all have this now. This is something Fortnite popularized. It's called the Battle Pass. Um, so the way that it works is you have a season of content, right, in Population 1. It's 10 weeks long. And over those 10 weeks, they will be doling out new updates kind of that change the game gradually. Um, so today, or actually yesterday is when it came out, um, they have a new section of the map now. Um, there's a new base area where you can go inside this new base. It's near, um, I can't remember, it's near, I can't remember what part of the map it's near, but it's it's near one of the existing areas, but there's like a new building and new area. Um, they've added melee combat with knives and katanas. Uh, there's now an LMG, um, you know, light machine gun, so it has a lot of rounds. Um, there's a zone grenade where you throw the grenade out and it creates a circle that pushes people out of the area they're in. So it's good for flushing people out of buildings. And they also have um, shield drinks now. Um, so like in Fortnite where you can have a shield drink in your inventory to pop a shield when you're you know running low, you can do that in Population 1 now because previously you can only get shield from finding it on the ground. Uh, so now you can carry it in your inventory and use it later when you need it. Um, so those are the new things that are added for free for all players. Um, but then if you pay for the battle pass, which is $5, you unlock a tier of rewards, like a track where you level up across the tier and you unlock new cosmetics as you go. So it includes new character skins, legendary weapon skins, like new titles on your you know, like flair for your account name. You've got different spray paints. Um, so all cosmetic stuff, all the game changing stuff is free. Cosmetic upgrades and stuff are included in the battle pass, just like most of the other games. And I'm excited. I think it's a, it's a great sign. You know, they had over $10 million in revenue already, mm-hmm. which is incredible. And I think, um, you know, anything that can continue to fund the iterative development of a game like this is a good thing. Yeah. Do you, do you think it's going to be a big deal season one? Do you think they're going to like keep going? Uh, what do you Listen. mean by big deal? Like, do you think like, it'll be like, popular enough? Like, yeah, you know, like Fortnite has done so well with that battle pass. Yeah, yeah. Uh, every well, it's like every three or four months they change it around. Like, is yeah. this going to sustain itself? I guess is what I'm wondering. Like, are we going to get like these huge, huge, huge seasons every like? I think this one lasts ten weeks, right? And then obviously they'll move into season two. I just, I just wonder if it can keep going and you know keep that momentum that it's obviously started out with 
and and really earn the mantle of, of VR's Fortnite because right now I think Pop One is really really good, but that map is kind of small. The player limit is kind of small. And yeah, I, yeah. It, the the question of if it can be VR's Fortnite is really in how it handles uh, these battle passes, how much they change up the game, uh, if they can keep kind of like cosmetics interesting to a point that people keep on a uh, uh, keep on a buying stuff, and then like the melee weapons, like. How are those going to work? What other new features can they add in down the line? That's what that's what I'm yeah, really going to be looking forward to seeing. Yeah, I think it'll come down to um, how, like, how big the changes are in future seasons, uh, mm-hmm. because that's one thing the Fortnite has done really well is that they they'll have dramatic map changes, you know, or, or brand new game mechanics that totally alter the way you play the game. And I think that's what Population 1 needs to do. And um, I think it'll also come down to the types of um, cosmetics they're able to get. Because obviously for Fortnite, it's been so huge, all the licensed character skins. Um, I highly doubt Big Box VR is going to be able to land like the Mandalorian as a skin inside Population mm-hmm. 1. Um, but, you know, maybe, you know, partnering with other VR games that people are aware of or... Um, something like that to get something recognizable that's more than just like, oh, it's like a shiny red bounty hunter. That's kind of cool. Like, yeah. you know, those look neat, but I think they need something that draws people in that's like, oh, yeah, I want this. I want that skin. I want to play as that character in the game. You know, so that I think they really need stuff like that. And um, one thing that I do like is that prior to season one, they had been doing pretty big updates, like the Darkest Days update, where they changed yeah. the map into a night version. Um, they had a new game mode, the war game mode, where it was like, you know, big two big teams rather than a bunch of small teams. Um, so I think as long as they continue doing that kind of stuff and seasonal holiday stuff, they've been doing well. Um, just stuff that keeps reminding people the game is there and it's something different that they want to log in and check out and then get re-addicted to it. You know, that's the trick with these kind of games is mm-hmm. um, like with Warzone. That, that's what keeps happening with me is I love Warzone. Call of Duty Warzone. I'm a big fan. It's my favorite Battle Royale game. And they always drop an update every couple months that just pulls me back in. And like, for example, over Halloween, they had a big zombie game mode where you could turn into a zombie and come back and chase down people. And it was crazy, crazy fun, very unique. And so that drew me back into the game. Um, So if they do stuff like that, I think Population 1 has a good future because I think it's proven that over the last five years, shooters have been like the genre people love most in VR. Um, so I think they have a lot of they have a lot of runway. It's just whether or not they can execute. And so far, they've done that. So I'm I'm pretty hopeful. Yeah, I uh, I'm a huge Fortnite fan, and I, like it's the it's the same thing you're saying with Warzone. Like they do something every couple of weeks that that gets me back in and keeps the game on my console all the time. And 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 it yeah. might not even just be like what they're doing in game so much as like the item shop. You know, it's it's been going for so long now. They have like this massive amount of microtransactions that they rotate on a daily basis that i'm always like in Uh to see what i can get and i'm going to be interested to see what like like you were saying with the skins i'm going to be interested to see how far they can go i think like getting in other vr characters like other oculus characters would be really really cool move i'm also interested to see if they could um in time do a quest 2 and pc exclusive mode that boosts the player count i think that could be very very Uh interesting yeah. right like yeah for sure i mean I, I i don't know that it's quest one that's holding that player count down but i would love to see that if, if it's gotta be possible. yeah 
Yeah. Yeah. That's I think cool. that would be great. And to, to someone's point in chat, uh, Teo once says they're very sad about the removal of war mode. It'll be mm. back. I think, um, you know, there's, there's no doubt it'll be back games like this. They have to make their updates and content timed because if they just keep adding features and leave them in there, it'll fragment the player base too much. So if they yeah. instead make it an event where it's like, Oh, we're going to bring back war mode or we're doing this. Like that's what Halo did so well back on the 360 days is they would have all those special game modes that would rotate in and out of the playlist. And that always brought people back into the game. So I think that's what they're going to do here. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I agree with that. Uh, let's check out some yeah. of these other comments. Um, we have a Semenov888 asked if we have played Z Race yet. Um, I per- personally have not. Have you played it yet, Jamie? I have That's not Z Race sci-fi yet. Racer. Yeah, 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 yeah. I haven't played it yet either. Um, Genova7 we- says Pop 1 Season 2 Part 3 Player 4 Balloon 5. <laughs> <laughs> yeah there's there's a lot of numbers involved population colon one dash season one colon uprising that's the name of this update basically yeah it's, uh yeah if anyone's ever worked with seo they know that games with colons in the titles are the enemy yeah. of seo just so stop just stop, stop it stop with the it. seo <laughs> game developers just stop it just bad clean titles from now on please we didn't know about this yes. back in the, the PS2 days. SEO wasn't really, well, I mean, it was a thing, but it wasn't as big of a thing. But now, can you just stop? Can you just call it Population 1, please? Yeah, I think you can personally thank me for the removal of the colon from Firewall Zero Hour. You might remember <laughs> it was originally Firewall colon Zero Hour. I think I stopped using the colon so much that they just decided to change it. That's what I tell myself. So that's, think, that's yeah, what I I'm going to believe. Same for Astrobot, right? It was a Sony-wide decision after that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <clears throat> yeah, it's, yeah. right, Mike Ward? That's a great point. It's not even an accurate name for the game because you can only play in squads of three. You can't play by yourself. So it's not even Population true. 1 ever. Very true. <laughs> very, very true. Yeah. Yeah, well, um, I mean, I mean, unless everyone <laughs> dies, in which case it is Population 1. But yes. Yeah. Should we, get, should we get on to the news? <laughs> Let's cover some news topics. I'm I'm excited. Some, we have some some interesting topics this week. There's been a lot going on. Um, obviously, the announcement of the new PSVR. We've already covered that on on other shows on the channel here. So if you want to see a big discussion about PSVR two, we had an entire special episode about it here in our YouTube. You can go watch that if you'd like. Uh, we've had coverage on UploadVR.com all week. Uh, so we're not going to go too into into that too much. Um, there's also um, other topics that we've had big discussions about on, on the show this week, like VR, um, VR Desktop um, getting uh, officially added to the Quest Store. Um, we had a big discussion about that yesterday. We had an interview with the creator of Virtual Desktop, um, Guy Godin. Uh, Guy Godin, I'm sorry. Um, so all those topics you can already see episodes about on our channel. But um, uh, for some new news, uh, one of the big things that happened yesterday is... Sony announced and confirmed that they are restructuring um, Sony Japan Studio around um, the team Asobi or Asobi team, the the developers that make the Astrobot games. Um, They're going to be kind of spun off into their own dedicated studio. Um, Mm. That's great news for VR, um, hopefully, if they continue to do VR versions of Astrobot. Um, But it's also sad news because Sony Japan Studio is one of the longest running studios in PlayStation's history. They've you know, been around for decades, dating back to the original PlayStation. So, 
it's um it's 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 a bit sad to see that studio get sort of winded down and spun off into another um, group of people. Um, so, what are your thoughts on the on the news, Jamie? Yeah, I mean, just before diving into the VR side of it, it I haven't seen a developer. Well, closure. It's not. I guess it's technically not a closure, but a, a new a piece of news like this about a developer that I think has so quickly had such a like heartbreaking reaction from the community. I know like lots of developers close, and everyone's like, "Oh, that's you know really really sad." But I think for a lot of people, first of all, like the financial uh, ramifications of what Sony Japan were doing haven't always been completely obvious because. They're, you know, they're a studio that's owned by Sony and we don't necessarily get to know how well their games are selling and stuff like that. So for me, I wasn't even really aware that Sony was disgruntled with how uh, how their titles had been performing, especially with something like Knack. I just assumed that it was doing fine for Knack numbers when that was a PS4 game. But um, get, getting over to the VR stuff, it's, it's interesting the timing of this uh stacked up next to the fact that psvr 2 was announced this week because you have to assume that you know if they're gonna make psvr 2 uh there has to be another astro bot game on it and also you know astro was such a huge part of the ps5 launch with with playroom which was an incredible experience um and i'd be interested to know what the status is of nicholas doucette who was the creative director on rescue mission who actually went on to head up all of Sony Japan over the last couple of months. And I don't know if, right. you know, if he's staying on or if, or if he's, he'll have gone, but it's, it's a real shame. But at the same time, it's, it seems to be some sort of confirmation that we will be seeing more of Astro. I, I based on the reception uh, to that, you know, flat screen PS5 game uh, uh, playroom, I will be interested to see if they do do another VR game or, you know, they enjoyed the re- the reaction to the launch game so much that there's another flat screen game in the works. But we'll see. I mean, it's clearly a very important thing for them to to keep it around. And I, so it should be, you know, the critical praise for Astro is absolutely off the charts. People really do agree that it's genuinely a Mario quality platformer. And that is not yeah. praise you throw around lightly at the end of the day. It sounds like hyperbole, but with Rescue Mission, it's really, really not. The innovation in that game across, what, like a six-hour campaign or something like that, there's constant innovation around every corner, and it's just a delight to play. Right. Um, so, yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll see. Like, I, I would expect to maybe see something out of them maybe next year if they're doing a PSVR 2 game, but... We'll, we'll find out. That will be one of the big drivers of PSVR two for sure, though. If it's if it's happening, word, word. I'm um, I agree entirely. I think Astrobot's pretty fantastic. Um, Astro's Playroom was an incredible game, and it's it's ridiculous. It's being given away for free with every PS five. I mean, that's you know such a great game to get included for free when you buy a new console and. I feel like a lot of yeah, sure. people were initially overlooking it because, you know, it's, oh, it's just a 3D platformer. It's like Mario. It's like a kid's game. I don't care. Um, but I think people have kind of come around on it. And um, I've seen a lot of love for it, you know, as people get their PS5s. And at the very least, you know, it's like a game that's like, oh, while well, I wait for other stuff to download, maybe I'll try it out. 
And then you sit there and you play it for mm-hmm. three hours and you, you know, finish the entire thing and you go back and you get all the collectibles, you hundred percent it and platinum it. And it's just, it's such a great nostalgic trip and it's a good continuation of rescue mission. Um, but what it really did is it just made me want a full new game more than anything. And um, yeah, I want to sure. play it in VR. You know, I think there, there are so many VR Easter eggs and hints in playroom that it just, it felt like Sony was almost teasing me that it wasn't a VR game. And so I just, I really hope that they continue making VR Astrobot games. And I, I think they will. I think so. Yeah. And it, it'll be interesting. One part of the announcement of PSVR 2 uh, earlier this week, which I'm going to keep calling PSVR 2, even though it might not be named that, um, uh, was the mention of the VR controller. And by all indications, what we've seen so mm, far yeah. is that the dual shock uh, the dual sense controller itself doesn't i mean it doesn't have many indications that it will work with this coming headset it might be that you know those light strips on the side of the touchpad do end up as some sort of tracking source but it, it doesn't seem super likely to me so if if there is a sequel to rescue mission a full vr sequel it's going to be dealing with actual potentially going to be dealing with actual vr controllers for the first time which will be really really cool to see and also you know if you haven't like it was it was a great playroom was a great uh advert for going back to play rescue mission because people played it and were like i want more of this and most people hadn't played rescue mission so it was like yeah there's another six hours of it yeah so yeah whenever you maybe brought it'll up be the a, vr controllers a plus one, game. yeah whenever you brought up the vr controllers what i was just thinking of is i'd, I'd imagine there would be so many creative ways for you to like pick up and interact with Astro while controlling, you know, him mm-hmm. with the joystick on the left hand or something like that. They're, yeah, I, I can imagine some crazy cool stuff that a developer like this could come up with for that kind of game. So I'm even more excited about it now. Virtual accordion level. You just got to... <laughs> and Astro has to run along. Oh, that's such a great idea. Why don't we make Astro <laughs> Let's just base the entire yeah. game on an accordion. And then when you have to... Okay, yeah, I'm getting carried away. Let's... Next <laughs> next topic. Uh, the next topic is one that I don't know a whole lot about, so I'll let you take a lead on this one. But um, In Dreams is getting into VR publishing with a fund. I believe it's like $2 million is what they said, right? Yeah, this is this is quite interesting. They they announced uh, like on Tuesday, I think that yeah, they have put aside essentially two million dollars uh, to kind of relaunch their uh, VR publishing initiative because I you'll remember, of course, that Endreams published uh, Bloody Zombies long, long, long time ago. A game you, Unfortunately, you reviewed yeah. <laughs> that two uh, D side scrolling beat 'em up. But they, I mean, since then, you know, they've gone away for a while. They've come back. They've had. Uh, success with Phantom Cover Ops. It's one of the games that has generated more than a million in revenue on Quest. Um, and they're a really big team now. Uh, they're they're close to 100 people, if not over, all exclusively working wow. on VR. Um, yeah, they're, they're absolutely huge. Last time I was down there was uh, like June of last year. And um, no, June of two years ago, because that, wouldn't, that would have been impossible. Um, and they were just setting out to launch phantom and the team was huge like it was not of a scale you're not used to seeing when you go and visit a vr developer um yeah and now they're yeah they're saying they're relaunching this and they're saying like basically that you know they kind of want to get involved with smaller studios that are struggling to find 
publishing and funding. Uh, they want to like help out there and you know become a new publisher, which is interesting because it's not the first developer we've seen take this route. Obviously, Vertigo Games has had quite a lot of success with Fisherman's Tale, oh, yeah, um, yeah. and then they're publishing they're publishing Unplugged coming up and Traffic Jams coming up as well. Um, and I, it's interesting. I'm I'm quite optimistic about the studio's future, which is not actually something I would have said at the start of VR, because at the start of VR, they were putting out kind of iffy games. Um, yeah. Well-intentioned games. But I think Phantom was a very, very big step up for them. Um, and it's it's quite nice to see them, you know, achieving the goals that they wanted to and hopefully, you know, becoming a real driving force in the UK VR scene for sure. So, yeah, it's it's they just announced the fun this week, so we we won't see anything from it for a while. But it's always good to have more VR specific funding out there. It means we will see more games at the end of at the end of the day, or or more VR titles at least. Um, yeah, yeah, we'll 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 have to see what comes from it. But uh, yeah. I, I'm hoping they're working on uh, Phantom Two at the same time. I have no idea, but it would be really really great to see a sequel to that. Um, and what else? Yeah, whatever so else they've got going on. Uh, Good job on Phantom. However, I need to reprimand you for putting a colon in your game title because yeah, that was it's a bad for SEO especially. But also, I keep getting it confused. I used to call it Covert Phantom Ops all the time, but turns out <laughs> yeah. it's Phantom Covert Ops. VR has a real problem with this, with, with, with bad generic names. <laughs> that and Firewall yeah. Zero Hour are oh, interchangeable oh, and I could... Yeah. You could just throw these words into a machine. They just come out and you'd be like, yep, okay, generic, dark, <laughs> stealthy, shooty game, 101. Let's do it. To be fair, however, I will say, like, I will say that I prefer that over the Aspire.1, Arctica.1, oh, whatever, yep. stupid period number crap. I, that's worse. I mean, thematically, it ties into Aspire, but. That's Arctico, yeah, no choice. That's why that game failed and 4A don't make VR games anymore. That single period in the name. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Which says, not Phantom 2, but maybe something bigger or different? Question mark? Oh, why can't Phantom 2 be bigger and different? Maybe he's in a wind thingy. With a, oh, going over the base, going over an airplane base this time. Like you're windsurfing uh, mercenary killer guy oh, yeah 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 or like okay. like just okay. 12 straight hours of flying over a air force base just picking people off at the point where you're just so tired <laughs> kill everyone in the base before you hit the ground phantom 2 <laughs> <laughs> yeah. you get a wingsuit and you have enough airtime to make two passes and you have to Fly around, and then before you hit the ground, everyone has to be dead. Otherwise, you are basically. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. We're just we're just churning out the great ideas for VR games today. We should we should not be giving people our ideas like this. We need to write this down somewhere. Yeah, this is this is the, these nuggets are getting dropped for free right now, and we <laughs> we should be charging a premium for for these nuggets. You cheeseburger said maybe ideas. he's in a wheelchair. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That would be stealing G-Dog, but that's a good idea. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, yeah. Multiplayer could work in Phantom. That would be very cool, to be fair. 
that would be actually a really really cool uh avenue they could take that franchise next so i've completely yeah. forgotten earlier at Good the beginning of the show i said something was going to be talked about later in news and now i've forgotten what it was because it wasn't on my notes um so i can't remember what i said uh, you said something coming in march you said something about psvr but i didn't uh, know what oh, you were yeah. talking about so, so um, i was like okay yeah, P- PSVR, um, the March uh, PS Plus games, uh, Farpoint is included. Oh, um, yeah, which, which is, is cool, right? amazing news. Yeah, yeah. So if, I mean, you so in March, what is it? It's Final Fantasy VII remake, um, Farpoint, and there were two other games. I can't remember, but um, Ma- it looks Maquette like the best month uh, of PlayStation Remnant. Plus ever. But yeah, Remnant from the Ashes and Maquette. Yeah. Um, I think yeah. it's the best month of PS Plus ever, period. Like, it's crazy. Especially because Final Fantasy VII Remake, you get a free upgrade to the PS5 version in June. Um, so you're basically getting mm-hmm. a free PS5 game as well. Um, yeah, but well, let's give a little bit oh, no, of Farpoint. They, they for said a that doesn't let's work. Talk about Farpoint. They, they Wait, said really? you can't upgrade if you have the PS Plus version. Yeah, yeah. So they'll clearly sell an upgrade package. Oh. But that's something to whine about another time. That's awful. Naughty, I know. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, but uh, yeah, Farpoint. Um, it's great that Farpoint's on there. It's it's an interesting one to put on PS Plus because obviously, the best way to enjoy Farpoint is with that uh, rifle controller, right? Don't like don't play it basically if you don't have the rifle. <laughs> if you don't have that controller, don't play it basically. But yeah. it is worth yeah. if you if you've got this for free, it is worth finding. You can probably find it on eBay for a relatively good price these days. Um, yeah, really fun shooter. I think I think Farpoint has aged pretty well actually in in that we don't have too many other linear single player shooters on PSVR, right? And especially good ones like Bravo Team was a pile of trash. Um oh god. And yeah, that was just dreadful. And uh, what I'm really hoping is usually with PS Plus we get uh free games a month. And so Farpoint kind of makes up for a, a fourth game. So I'm hoping, no one's ever said anything yet, but it would be nice if we started getting more regular VR games at least so that, you know, Sony's encouraging people to build up VR libraries over the next, what, like 12 to 24 months. You could potentially have like another 10, 20 uh, VR games in your library for when PSVR 2 rolls around. And then yeah, that's a yeah. very, very compelling, compelling way of convincing people to uh, just pick up the next headset if you already have a bunch of games for it. But that depends on backwards compatibility, of course. But um, yeah, yeah. Do you do you still do you still like Farpoint? You gave it seven out of ten at the time. Yeah, I think I gave it a seven out of ten. Um, after it came out, it got uh, quite a few updates with more multiplayer modes. That was one of my complaints: is that the multiplayer was a little too basic, and they added a lot more modes to it. And I do think that it's it's one of those games that almost, you know, if you're looking for like a linear campaign uh, in VR, uh, this is one of the better ones. And it's um, I think it's simplicity kind of it works in its favor because, um, you mm-hmm. know, you don't get bogged down with like giant environments with a bunch of waypoints on a map and, you know, quests to complete. It's it's a pretty linear shooter. It's a simple story, but it's very well told. And I think it has um, still some of the best facial animations for characters I've seen on PSVR. I think it, um, you know, their facial capture they used was really impressive. And 
Um, there, there's a great foundation here. It's, you know, it's a shame that it's been almost four years since the developer released anything, but um, they did mm-hmm. have a heavy tease in December that they're going to be announcing something soon. Um, so I hope, you know, that it's another big new exclusive game like this. I hope they got the funding to do something like that because I think they have the talent. They just, um, they need the time and funding to do it. And it's been, you know, four years. So hopefully they've, you know, been able to put a lot of work into their next project. And I hope it's like, you know, a big, amazing, you know, genre boundary pushing type of game because um, they, they have the talent for it. So I'm excited. Yeah, that that would be w- what my money would go on is that, you know, hopefully they're Sony like snap them up and they're, they got another deal in place straight away because they definitely deserve it. And I, I think if you look at, you know, what developers are kind of hinting at and teasing at, I think the smart money is on Impulse Gear and Fire Sprite both doing uh, exciting PSVR 2 stuff maybe um, at this point, yeah. right, which I... It's good. Those are two really, really good developers. Uh, obviously, Fire Sprite did the the Persistence, which is again a game you're a big fan of, um, and it's good to see them coming in for the second wave of VR now. Like I, I, I was worried for a long time that Impulse Gear was a one and done studio. Like they were quiet yeah. for so long that it just sounded like nothing else was happening. Um, but they did. Well, one of the things we don't talk about enough with Farpoint, and I, I always forget, is that while the story itself was kind of ho-hum there are actually really really good moments in it where you're speaking to characters uh, and it's actually some of the best like character work i've seen in vr like there's uh, there's that doctor character i can't remember her name but she kind of goes through some some hard stuff uh being uh like stranded on an alien planet and you actually get a couple of moments to really connect with her which are actually my favorite moments of the game um so yeah i'm 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 hopeful to see more from them. I would love Farpoint 2, but if they were moving on to something else, that would also be really, really cool. Um, yeah. Yep. And one other thing I want to include a shout out for is to this day, it is still the only VR exclusive game that I am aware of that had its own dedicated billboard on top of the LA Convention Center at E3. I think that was uh, such yeah. a cool moment uh, to see in person showing up at E3 that year. And seeing, you know, a VR exclusive only game up there on that billboard that usually has Call of Duty. Like that was that was a big moment to me. And um I'm I'm hoping that Sony comes with that same type of energy for PSVR two. I hope they um are aware of what they're sitting on here. And I think there's a lot of potential. Mm-hmm. And um yeah. So good stuff for Well that's Farpoint. what we're gonna talk about. Looking forward to it. Yeah, we're going to talk about that in a in a sec. But before we get to that, there's uh, just the Climb 2 to talk about, which is coming out next week, which is yeah. exciting. On March 4th. Finally. March 4th, yeah. I I cannot speak about it. My my lips are sealed, but I will have a review of it uh, coming next week. So stay tuned for that. If you've seen the trailer, you know that in the Climb 2, they are diversifying the environment up a bit. There's going to be actual urban areas like skyscrapers in Dubai and stuff like that instead of just mountains. Um, It's gorgeous looking, as you can see in the trailer. It's interesting because you saw at the bottom there, it said captured on PC, and then you'll see at the end of the trailer, it says um, (laughs) only available on the Oculus Quest platform. Um, So it's one of those, eh? Yeah. Yep. 
great just like uh with with jurassic park but even less forgivable because it's not cell shaded so well that'll be interesting right. to see then like the, the end the first climb yeah. looked i think it's pretty coming up good right on here quest. hang on let's let's wait and see where yeah only on the quest platform right there yeah yeah i mean the first the first one looked pretty good on quest it definitely didn't look as good as the pc version because it couldn't it was definitely like a little on the blurry side but they they managed to capture the spirit of it pretty well so it'll be interesting to see what they 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 can pull off the cry engine running on vr seems to be doing pretty well it clearly hasn't seen the adoption i'm sure crytek would have hoped it would have had at one point but yeah, it'll be interesting yeah, to see what, what they do. As we can see in the chat right now, um, pe- people were not aware that it's a Quest exclusive. Yeah, they, they hid that. They didn't really make that clear. Yeah. Um, we, we reported on it back whenever it was announced, but um, I think a lot of people thought it was coming to PC, but there's been no indication that it is. Hopefully it comes eventually. I, it would be such a missed opportunity if it doesn't. Yeah, you've got to imagine they do. The same for Jurassic Park, right? Like You've got to imagine... Uh, some, like, this has to be a PC screenshot, right, at the end of the day, maybe. So... Yeah, right. Yeah, it, it kind of has to be. Yeah, I, I hope it, I hope it does, uh, for sure. But we'll, we'll see. All right, so our so just the, uh, big discussion topic for this week is we're going to be talking about PSVR 2, which we've already talked about um, a good amount of time. Um, but we're specifically going to talk about uh, which games we think the PSVR 2 needs to succeed, specifically um, actual game titles. So we we will um, skip over Astrobot and Farpoint because we've already talked about those. Those are obvious ones that would be great. Uh, but other games that we think the PSVR 2 needs to succeed. I'm I'm going to say that I think... Gran Turismo 7 needs to have full VR support at launch and be a launch title with the PSVR 2 mm. headset. Mm-hmm. I think that is such a good shout. I think that they they really, uh, not messed up, but they were really limited by what they could do with Gran Turismo Sport on PSVR. And that was a huge, uh, huge, huge missed opportunity for the platform. And this is this is definitely the one that you need to come out swinging with. Like this is the most important game for PSVR two, in my opinion. A full Gran Turismo game with all of the options, all the online options, every car, every track, uh, running in you know what will hopefully be a much improved VR experience, will definitely be one of the most significant releases uh, for PSVR. And wh- one of the key ways I think Sony is going to be able to like separate themselves from facebook and what they're doing on quest at the end of the day because without you know without that processing power there's only so much you can do and you know we already saw that with sport on uh, on ps4 the the potential for it is absolutely huge and uh, you know i feel like the series has been waiting for that for a long time because gran turismo 7 is not like well the, the series has felt kind of stagnant for a little while now i think and seven is really like their chance to like get back on track i know i know people like sport but it wasn't a full sequel it wasn't like the full sequel six um but series uh, seven is definitely their chance to get back on track and like really really hit home i i can't wait for beautiful vr cockpits david i want like speedometers and driving wheels with like very textured leather 
and little dashboards I can maybe <laughs> customize. And I want to see the threads oh, in the leather. Yeah. Yes, that's what I want. I want to, and I want to be able to almost smell it. It looks so good. That's what I want from Gran Turismo Seven. Maybe some sun glare through the through the window. Lose control yeah, and I'd, drive into a car. I'm not. I'm not typically the kind of person that plays a whole lot of driving sims. But when it comes mm. to VR, it's different for me because, like, I reviewed Project Cars Three at Upload VR. I streamed it. I have footage on our YouTube here if you want to see. And I played it with a wheel. You know, I have a, a racing wheel that I got from Thrustmaster. They sent it for review a few years ago. And I got the pedals. And, like, playing with that setup in VR makes racing games, you know, extremely appealing to me. But if I'm playing on a controller, it's just not the – I just – I don't know. It doesn't do it for me. Like, I love I love Mario Kart, Wipeout, F-Zero, those kind of games. But um, if I'm driving a car and I'm using a controller, it just doesn't – I'm not a car guy. So, like, it mm. doesn't – do anything for me but if i'm using a wheel like that immersive layer just makes it so much more exciting and um yeah but i agree with you i mean this this could sell so many psvr2 headsets it is ridiculous and i'm hoping that its delay into next year is sign that it's getting vr support in some way um if it's limited you know that's that's going to be a big disappointment i think that would still help but it it needs full vr support there's no reason not to Mm -hmm. You know, and um, it's it would be incredible. I think that would be a massive feather in Sony's cap. I think that would sell so many headsets. It would, I mean, that that's what they need. It's not even to compete with you know PC VR racing sims, but like in the war against Xbox. Like if Sony wants to have something huge, a VR racing simulator that you can play with a VR headset on their console, like that. God, it's just it would be so good. I think it was so many people would buy that. Because because it wouldn't just be that it is you know this great mode uh, and it's a lovely extra. I think I think that's a really great point that it would be a, a legitimate thing that Sony would be able to hold over Forza and whatnot as well. But the other thing is it would be such a great statement of intent to be like, okay, no more optional VR modes, no more you know watered down. Oh, we tack this on uh, after we realized we couldn't do what we wanted to do, like you know Ace Combat or something like that. Mm. It would be like it would be saying, okay, this time around, if you want to build this stuff, you can actually do it. And here is Grand yeah. Turismo Seven running like this, looking absolutely gorgeous with none of the compromises you had to see in the last one. Um, it, you're right; that is that is just the perfect uh, like launch game for PSVR, essentially. And I do yeah. hope that's one of the reasons they delayed it. Well, one one point I want to bring up, uh, Widgen says, uh, VR headset plus a, plus a wheel plus PS5 is expensive. Um, to that point, though, I think you, you don't underestimate the size of the fan base of Gran Turismo and also mm-hmm. don't underestimate the dedication that those fans have because Gran Turismo has a massive esports scene just by itself. You know, there are entire tournaments and circuits and, you know, like things that people go to and attend and do and... Um, the type of person that buys Gran Turismo and plays that game religiously, those people might not buy any other games for their PS5. They might be just getting a PS5 for Gran Turismo and vice versa. And a lot of those people would get a VR headset if it supported their favorite game. You know, I think there's, yeah. um, you know, just it's it's kind of like people that um, buy Call of Duty every year or buy, you know, just play um, NBA 2K and Madden. You know, like the Gran Turismo fans are dedicated fans that play that game like it's their job. And a lot of them, it is their job. You know, they compete, you know, on a, on a professional level. So 
I think there would be a lot of interest in a in VR support for that game for sure. Yeah, for sure. And you don't need a wheel to play it. Like I find playing VR racing games with just a normal controller like very very compelling. And we also again we don't know what they're going to do with their new VR controller. Like if they could do something there with the haptics uh, and like the resistant uh, resist- I can't say this word resistant yeah. triggers. Yeah. <laughs> like uh, to do some steering with it that could be really really cool you might not even like i mean steering wheel will always be the best but they could come up with a nice facsimile maybe i will say just one more thing is um if you underestimate the impact that DualSense has on a racing game play dirt 5 on ps5 mm. that will completely change your mind that game is incredible. Like I said earlier, I don't really play racing games, but playing Dirt 5 with the DualSense controller, it's mind-blowing. The way the the haptics like funnel through the controller and you're into your hand and the triggers and it's I can't describe it. You know, you have to experience it just like with Astrobot, how it was so cool getting to feel the controller when you played that. Dirt 5 is on that same level. It's it's amazing. Mm. So I can't wait to see what Gran Turismo does. One what I would really like to see. Obviously there's a bunch of answers we could come up with that you know like i'm sure we'll talk about like blood and truth too or whatever in, in a bit but i would love to see uh them go back and remaster some old games for vr and particularly i would love them to take a developer any developer under their wing and and do what they did with blue point games which was you know they they started out with like that remaster of god of war and i think it was them and then Bluepoint has like grown and grown to the point it got to take on a whole bunch of different ports to the point it remade Shadow of Colossus and Demon Souls last year. I would love to see Sony start over with VR in mind with another studio and say, okay, you guys, could you go away and get all of Killzone 2 running in yep. PSVR yep. 2 and then do Killzone 3 and then do the Resistance trilogy and like tap into that quite you know quite big library of first person shooters that sony has now and make sure Mm -hmm. that every like let's say every year two years they're they're dropping another really really good solid vr remaster i think it's a massive missed opportunity not to have resistance and killzone in vr by now especially seeing as i I think the last two games in both those trilogies both supported the move controllers in the first place yeah and also i'll I'll just say that i think I could be wrong, but I think I speak for the vast majority of VR gamers when I say that most people would prefer a ported remaster with full VR support of a previous game that was a full game rather than a two-hour experience inside that universe. Mm-hmm. And I think yeah. a lot of developers have it flipped for some reason where they build you know, abbreviated versions of a game just for VR. And like, I get it, you know, building for VR first is important, but... You know, look at Quest, you know, the the Dr. Beef ports of of Mm, Doom, of Wolfenstein, of Quake. All those games are so popular because it takes an existing game that people already love and adds VR to it. And I think there's a lot of power in that. And if they could do that with a Killzone game or a Resistance game, that would be phenomenal. And Sony owns Insomniac now. So, I mean, like there, there should be a way for them to get Resistance in there in some way, even if it's just the first game or just... I don't know, like, but like you said, I think it would be great. Borderlands 2 VR is a great example of a game mm-hmm. that when you added VR support to it, it really did make it really fun. And that game losing co-op is what hurt it, but um, the VR support was really fun. Yeah, and it, it's it's not that, uh, you know, like these ports of older games, obviously there's going to be a limit to like everything they can do with it, and it won't be the most immersive, game-changing 
VR experience, but it's exactly what you said, that it's still the stuff that will get people in buying headsets so that they they then go on and do buy those, you know, much more immersive native VR experiences. So, for example, like Skyrim's another great example, right? Like Bethesda sold tons and tons, and that's not necessarily like the best VR port. They could have done loads more with it, I guess. Oh but, yeah, no, it's yeah, <laughs> yeah, and uh, but it it sold really good, and it's the thing that like you know got so much interest in PC VR headsets a couple of years ago, and and the Doctor Beef ports are another really really great example. Like being able to play all of Half Life, even just as a mod inside a Quest, is a huge draw for a lot of people, and so that's you know that's that's a really good tactic to getting people in, so that you can then sell them, you know, well, Blood and Truth two or whatever else is it's in the pipeline yeah i agree with with jen in the chat the mods are what save skyrim vr there's uh, the game's popular on psvr because most of the people that played skyrim on playstation have never tried mods in the first place Um, Mm. but the mods on pc are what save that game because um, the vanilla version of skyrim vr is extremely um it's just clearly not designed with vr in mind very much at all there's so much heavy reliance on flat rectangle menus and you know pointing and clicking and navigating that way and it really bogs the game down but whenever you add mod support to skyrim vr that's you know that's what really helps save it mm. um hey hey matt, matt foreman matt foreman oh sorry go ahead oh i was just gonna say this is uh this is our studio this was built for us by heaney god um the the david heaney he knows exactly what is up when it comes to vr development and he made this incredible studio that we sit in now uh and we meet here every uh well usually every thursday but we had some interviews yesterday so we uh delayed it uh we meet here every thursday and monday for vr download podcasts on monday we talk tech on thursday we talk games but we're doing it a day later and then we also do live interviews in here pre-recorded interviews all kinds of fun stuff so yeah that's uh that's this and Mike Ward, that's exactly what I'm talking about. There are people that will buy a gaming PC, a flight stick, and a VR headset for a single game. You know, there, there's a lot mm-hmm. of people out there like that. And I think um, there's a lot of people underestimate how big that audience is. Mm-hmm. And see, and to your point, Widgen, I, I saw you earlier commenting about L.A. Noir having, you know, VR. Um, you can reach out and touch the steering wheel to control it. Or like VTOL VR lets you simulate your hands in the cockpit. I think those options are great, and it would be amazing if Gran Turismo did that with their new controllers. However, the precision and accuracy just isn't there, especially Mm -hmm. if you're going to play a game competitively. You know, an actual physical Mm -hmm. wheel or a controller is more accurate. Um, So I think most most of the time when you come to those games that are of the hardcore simulation scene, accuracy trumps immersion in in that respect. Whenever you have a steering wheel or a flight stick, which is a very close approximation, um, and so, to me, at least, like whenever I was playing Star Wars Squadrons using the HOTUS, like to me, that was so close that it was better than if I had reached out and touched the cockpit with the controllers because it was so much more accurate. Yeah. And so I think yeah, there's sure. a, it's a tricky balance there. Yeah. Same for Ace Combat. Um, I completely agree with that as well. Yeah. Um, um, let's see. Another game. Let's, let's go back to PSVR 2. We're talking about games that we think it needs to succeed. I, mm. I think um, you kind of mentioned it, Blood and Truth 2. I think that's an obvious one. Um, yep. We talked about just a big shooter like Killzone. We talked about Astrobot. We talked about Farpoint. Um, I'm going to say it needs um, a good, big, dedicated multiplayer um, game. Um, not even a game. 
what so this is what I want. I want them to bring back PlayStation Home, but make it VR. Yeah. That's yeah. what they need. Yeah, I was uh, I was talking a bit about like a kind of idea like that with uh, Ian when we did the download special earlier this week. How cool would it be if uh, PlayStation did some native stuff with the stuff we're seeing in big screen and you could come in and do online multiplayer as local split screen almost or you know anyone could come in from around the world and pick up the controller too in a split screen game and you could sit in a playstation environment just as your favorite yes. playstation characters with like trophies you've earned on the wall playing on a yeah. giant screen together <laughs> there is so much potential in that right like it do so God. much cool stuff with that i think if you look at what people loved about astro's playroom that nostalgia the feeling of being inside of a playstation like Give me that in VR. Just let me yeah, for sure. go exist inside of something that is full of PlayStation nostalgia. And I think people will eat that up. You know, like let me let me decorate my room and have it, you know, have put like a, a PS a PSP go over here or oh, you know, like yeah. a PS1 with the L C D attachment over here. Just all the obscure cool things that people love about PlayStation. Like PS Home would be such an incredible thing. And you could you could have it have option like non-VR support too. Like I think that would be great. I think they need to bring back PS Home though. I think I think the audience, the user base is big enough now. And I think that um it would do better than it did on PS3. I think um yeah. Uh, I think it's very unlikely, but I would love for it to happen. I I think it would be such a huge thing for VR, especially because Oculus has had such a big head start with VR and in terms of all their iterations and things they've done, but social is the big thing that they haven't nailed yet. There's no connective mm-hmm. tissue uh, between their, you know, apps and, and their hardware and PS home could be that, you know, you put the headset on, you load into your living room and you get to choose what you do, invite people over. Like it, w- it would be so good. Yeah. Like imagine just anyone could sit and watch you play like demon souls. You're like, Oh, I have, I'm having real trouble with this uh, Demon Souls uh, level, and so someone comes in, watches you, and is like, "Oh no, you have to like actually go down this corridor." And like, like even like physical stuff where like you know the PS4 has that remote play option where you can like over the internet pass the controller to someone else to do a bit yeah. you're struggling with, right? Like you could have a physical virtual interaction where you just hand them the controller yeah. and that signifies giving over uh, control to them, and then they could play. That would be so cool. And these are things that. These are things we talked about the potential of uh, the launch of PC VR and like Steam VR does some of this stuff and Oculus does some of this stuff and Big Screen does some of this stuff, but they don't have like that existing ecosystem or heritage. Right. I don't think that makes it like really, really compelling. Whereas on PlayStation, you could have that embedded thing where no one even had to install anything. You could just go and do yeah. that. I think that would be, I think that would be one of the coolest social VR things um, anyone has yet built. And I think it would be really, really powerful for sure. And and to your point, it's it's something that can't be replicated. You know, like it's because yep. it, it would be dependent and like it would be completely just so ingrained in the PlayStation brand and its you know nostalgia and baggage that it's something that you couldn't replicate. And that's I think that would be so powerful. You know, that would just be so amazing. I would, man, because I I would. I spent a little time in PS home. I wasn't back then, you know, I was in college and I didn't really have a whole lot of spare time to just hang around and walk around a virtual world and stuff. And, um, but you know, like now looking back, 
it was it was a great idea that just it was too early you know it wasn't we weren't quite there yet and i think nowadays yeah, it, sure. would be, it would be it would be received so much differently i think it would i think it could be great so that's our that's our big pie in the sky dream hope for psvr2 yeah for sure i think um i there's only two other ones that i would personally want to mention which is i really hope that insomniac does a ratchet and clank game because those that series that series is all about inventive weaponry right and and doing fun things with new technology as we're seeing with the new one that's taking advantage of the uh, ssd on the ps5 and i think they could do some really really fun things with the motion controllers that no one else has done yet i think i i that's such a natural fit to me that i can't see them not doing that now that sony owns them um yeah and the other big one for me, uh, would be, which would be the last one I would mention, is I really, really think they need to do Red Dead Two VR on PS Five. I think mm. I wrote an I wrote an editorial about this a couple of years ago. Red Dead Two is just so ambitious that it's fighting the controller the entire time. There's stuff yeah, like yeah. You, you look at a character with a gun pointed at them, and they'll like get scared and run away, and it's incredible, but. It's very, very easy to accidentally do that and then completely ruin your progress. It, it, to me, that always <laughs> felt like <laughs> it always felt like that situation needed VR. So I knew very consciously not to point a gun at them. Right, I need to put my gun away, not hold L one, select it from the weapon wheel, but then also get that customization from the weapon wheel, and then come back out and not hold the auto aim, which accidentally takes me all the way over to them. Red Dead Two, I think, would be an People struggled with Red Dead 2 as a flat screen game. I think it would make a lot more sense in VR. And I think it would be a huge release for PSVR 2. Yeah, and let's let's also um you know keep in mind that there is a little precedent for it. You know, Eleanor VR case files uh, was a great translation of that game. And um so Rockstar has experience doing it, and we know that Rockstar is partnering with the same studio that made Eleanor VR case files on mm-hmm. a new game that they haven't announced yet. So they're working on something. Yep. Um, so, I mean, it could be a VR adaptation of Red Dead. It could be um, something else completely. We, we don't really know. Um, yeah. Boy, Boy Brown, you're right. I am dreaming big. Um, and it would cost a lot of money to make it uh, come true. And I have no idea if they could make their money back at the end of the day. It's it's all very, very ambitious thinking. But, you know, they they did already do something with L.A. Noir, like David said, and they are working on something that is apparently AAA VR. Um, and I think, you know, a lot of those barriers for VR are coming down and PSVR stands to potentially do a lot better. PSVR 2 potentially stands to do a lot better than the first one, which sold, you know, near 6 million units, we, we expect at this point. So yeah, we'll see. I, I really, really hope if if you're going to do this again, if you're going to go through the whole PSVR thing again, you can't just have it be like it was the first time where, you know, maybe we got one big game a year, maybe if we were lucky two or three, but then there was a lot of experimental stuff. You, you have to really justify it the second time around. Right. Mm -hmm. And I, you like, Sony stopped doing their own massive investments in PSVR first party titles, probably after Blood and Truth, right? Which is like three or four years old now. Um, well, I mean, Iron Man. Oh, that's true. Iron Man was actually probably the last one, wasn't it? But they, they haven't, PSVR never really got something as massively surprising and 
like something that you're like, oh my God, I never believed they were going to do that as Resident Evil 7 and Skyrim VR. I don't, I think those were the two biggest surprises that that headset got and they're quite old now. And Sony has to, Sony has to do big things to get people interested again. And I, I, I can't think of a better way to do it than Red Dead 2 personally. Yeah, I think that would be huge. But it is dreaming big. I could be very, very wrong. Well, I think we had a great show today. Um, a lot of good conversation, good discussion, um, interesting news, good topic. Um, thank you, everyone in the chat for hanging out with us and chatting. Thank you, Matt Foreman, Mike Ward, Boy Brown, Adam Marcel, Widgen, Onakazi, everyone. Thank you very much. Um, thank you. Onakazi, um, Camouflage are not a first-party Sony studio, I don't think. No, they're not. No, they're not, um, no. No, they were just um, the games published by Sony. They are VR exclusive now, though. Um, I watched an True. interview of them earlier this week where they said they were doing more VR R&D stuff. So hopefully they cool. are doing another big one. But yeah. Well, a uh, quick cool. shout out again to all of our members here on YouTube. Dominique Fretchman, John Westra, Bjarne Shaw, Timmy Brown, Adam Hartzell, and Andy Lim. Thank you very much for subscribing with a, a membership on our YouTube channel. You get a cool emoji, a little emote badge next to your name like you see Adam has in the chat. And you can use those emotes yeah. in chat as well. And uh, so thank you very much for the support. And like Jamie said earlier, tune in on Mondays and Thursdays for episodes of the VR Download Podcast around 1.30 p.m. Pacific on Monday and, 10 30, and usually 10.30 a.m. Pacific on Thursdays. This week was weird. There was a lot of surprising big news announcements we had to do special episodes of and, you know, kind of change our plans. Um, but usually that's the schedule. Uh, make sure you tune in to UploadVR.com for all the latest. We have a review of Awake In up right now. Um, next week, we should have reviews of uh, other new games like Crashland, um, The Climb 2, maybe Hyperdash as well, depending on time. Um, so thank you very much, everyone, for tuning in. Hope you have a wonderful weekend. And if you would like to sponsor the show, reach out to ads at uploadvr.com. We can put a little banner here. I can say whatever you want me to say, anything at all. It can literally be anything. I'll say it. Could be anyway. And uh, yeah. Give yeah, us cool. money. Yeah. Please, we like money. Thanks for tuning in, guys. Like Mike Ward says, buy a shirt from up. Yeah. Uh, no, from Amazon. And uh, G Dog Cheeseburger, you can't get the VR, uh, the VR download on Oculus. You just watch it through here. But maybe on one YouTube, day. YouTube, yeah, yeah. Maybe one day. But we'll be back on Monday. Good to see you all. Have a good weekend. Bye.